0: That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the Bro, negative you insurgency me up, man. In their You lives. fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> dun, dun.
2: Dun,
0: dun.
2: <laughs> that. That somewhere, huh? I should have that on my iPad. Actually.
0: Yeah, why do you not? I like I started going. I figured that I, thing I, I, would I'm be. I'm sorry, man, bro. This is the fighting episode, man. Come on, I, wizard. Where were you on that one?
3: I helped you out. You did. I heard you in the background. I a couple you. notes for are <laughs>
2: on
3: pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it Was in the lower register. But that's you were okay. in the. You, you were, were focused on thank your part. Thank you. I appreciate I that. Dedication.
0: Because, dude, this show, man, we're going to get into some stuff when it comes to that combat situation. Well, not like bullets flying combat, but like face to face, squaring off, getting jumped, ambushed, sucker punching, beer bottle throwing, drunk in the in the back of the bar room craziness. Because this guy is that good at that,
3: at teaching that stuff. I think bro. you can use the word combat for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, here it is. Put it up. Let's hear it. Oh. oh.
2: I'm going to go for a run. I'll be right back. doesn't really matter what you're doing, It the, the tone goes with it. We're <laughs> washing damn dishes, dude. The eye of the tiger. You can wash oh. and die at a time. You can do anything to die <laughs> Oh.
1: Oh,
0: it's so good. Now, the. I got a question for you. Have you ever been in a fight where you actually started singing Eye of the Tiger in your head?
2: No. (laughs) No, but I've been hit so hard. No, but (laughs) I wish I'd thought of that. I could have made that happen. I've been hit so hard I've had, you know, tire fire flown from my ass kind of deal. (laughs) The tone doesn't even... You know, when you get hit so hard, the tone, the whole tone of Rocky just goes muttered. Yeah, it's like... It, mmm.
0: Mmm. <laughs> well, listen up, dude. This show is going to be awesome. Welcome to the TSQ Podcast. I'm your host, David Rut Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit Himself, Marcus Luttrell, and the Wizard. <laughs> That's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, though. That's a little overboard. You're more like magic, right? Like pull a quarter from your ear and stuff. That kind of (laughs) wizardry.
3: I haven't spent enough time thinking about that, actually.
0: We need to think. We need to clearly define. Probably not
3: worth thinking about, either. Oh, don't be such a
0: (laughs) dud, man. (laughs) Embrace your call sign. I want to see a
2: gigantic, gigantic wizard tattoo on your back. Don't be a cotton-headed ninnymonger a cut co- oh elf was on downstairs dude,
0: elf has been on literally around the clock bro literally the christmas
2: movie uh lineup
0: oh i i got it I, I know I've, I've been here for a week dude i know i know <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let, listen. If it's your first time listening to the T and Q podcast, welcome aboard. We are super fired up that you're here. You're in store for some incredible information about that real world scenario where fear is climbing up your back, ready to dismantle your ability to think straight in, in an extreme crisis. And this guy who's coming out is coming on; is going to help you do that. If you're a repeat offender and you're back here listening, man, we love you. Welcome back to the show. Without you, we would not be able to do what we do. For all the people who want to know more about us, please go to our website at TNQ Podcast. And the coolest part about the website, correct me if I'm wrong, Wizard, is the fact that now we have this accumulation of listener write-in stories that has created this epic Epic community of never quit mindset people.
2: Having the guests on and being able to meet all the people and the wonderful people that we do—that's the amazing thing. But it's, a, it's it's now that they're writing in and they're just the listen they are bypassing us too. Totally. And that's great.
4: It's it, that's it's, the way it's, the whole show yeah, is designed. Yeah,
2: exactly. And it's 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 pretty cool to watch that unfold.
3: I love it. I, I love think it. these days when you can compel someone to. Well, not even if. They feel compelled to go and spend the amount of time it takes to write down a whole story, put the thought into that. These days, that's a a significant effect you're having on people, and it's really encouraging to see people, so many people being affected like that.
0: Well, I, I, you know, this show, what it's doing, and we're getting the, I, I don't even know how many people just write in that don't even want their stories read and tell us about how the show is saving their life, it's saving the lives of their loved ones, I mean, that's significant, and that's why we do it. This is why the three of us come here. We do this. We record these shows. We put them out to you to create this incredible source of positive content for you and your families to be able to tap into so you, too, can learn how to overcome the significant obstacles in your life, to face the adversity, to be able to to punch the negative insurgency square in the
3: face with a hi-yah, what what was that website we were watching
2: in the other day with the uh, oh bull, bullsh- bullshit bullshit martial arts yeah <laughs> dude I got, a, I, I got when a you pulled me of in, them right here
0: when you pulled me into your office and <laughs> watching <it> right now <laughs> when you were like hey Rutt, watch this stuff I was like no no way that's real right I'm the- <laughs> who is the guy the one dude are,
2: uh, Charlie Delanoff. Zelenskyy, Charlie Z, Charlie Z, right? Charlie Z, uh, their
0: whole documentary—that was serious. was serious. Most
2: feared boxer in the world. That dude has some <laughs> serious mental problems. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out if he's the bravest some bitch on the planet, or or the crazy. Because there's there's to get in there and do that, right? To to bustle in and walk him on somebody and just all out smack them down when they're not ready. Uh, it's unbelievable. And then. He'll sit there. I, I grew up with a kid like this, man. Once he started getting his ass, we'd take out running. And then once he got a good distance, he's like, fuck you, man. What's up? This you know? <laughs> 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 pisses you off no end, right? Because you're not chasing you're, after no, him. You're not going to chase after <laughs> him. But, um.
0: uh, but how about the other? I love the dudes who literally like uh like the, the power energy and it well, puts the, them down. Yeah, the Kyoshu Masters. The Kyoshu Masters. you see them yet, Wizard?
2: I think I saw some. The guys of them. who can throw their chi from their body and, and hit you and knock you down. Dude, oh, that's no, no, serious. I, I did not see that.
0: Oh, it's good. <laughs> Wait, describe it's so one of epic. These. Like, you'll come and get near him and he'll he'll do this thing. So the whole do, thing like would... he'll do his arms and he'll shake a little bit <laughs> and it'll be like
2: yeah! yeah. <laughs> the best one is their dudes will drop. <laughs> I think they're called the Yellow Bamboo Tribe or something. And and they're all in the, the <laughs> On the beach, right, and they, they're doing this whole chi energy to it's a blocking force. So, somebody's running at you, or a raging bull having like a force this. field, yeah. But you throw your <laughs> awesome. force field and it locks people down as they're coming in. And there's a video, of... I think it might be the instructor. And then he's got this lady, and he tells these other two dudes, He's like, prep her, prep her, and they're all. Ugh, you know, th- and, she her, and he comes hauling <laughs> ass down the beast, dude, and runs into her like a linebacker.
1: <laughs> and the news is filming it and you hear her go, oh. You know
2: that ridiculous sound when you get hit <laughs> totally. somewhere. Like oh like, <laughs> shit, just comes around. Oh yeah, dude. It was she's laying there. Oh I'm just and he goes into this whole Like once, office linebacker. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Dude, I love that there's
0: just like there's now actual YouTube channels called Bushido to bust
2: out all the nonsense. It's great. There, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of guys who just go around Rogan's really good at it. Oh. He has a blast doing that, which is awesome. I love listening to him do that. And then uh, there's a couple other guys that I mean, you can't you gotta wonder about the people signing up for the martial arts class, this. I mean I you That's know, the I've amazing been in martial arts a whole lot. Yeah, people people believe this stuff. I think it's the same premise behind the whole like Benny Hinn or one of the preacher who can knock you out and yeah. throwing the, the yeah. Holy Spirit at you. Yeah. Same concept, but man, this you know you trying to t- people trying to defend themselves with this crap.
3: <laughs> I know the one I watched; it had the instructor guy. Then he uh, there was two other guys, and the one he was holding the guy's arm. And I couldn't hear the audio, but I'm pretty sure what the point was is he was somehow putting his energy into the second guy. Oh, yeah. And then what he would do is the third guy was standing just the opposite side. So he would brush the, he would take his hands, moving the guy's arm, and brush the other guy like across the top of the chest and immediately. He would uh, hit the ground as if he'd just been, you know, like just touched a high tension wire. Dude,
0: something. that stuff's true, man. stuff's true,
3: bro.
2: If you that go to a martial arts uh, studio and the dude who's up in the front and fix to start teaching you is well out of shape and, <laughs> and they and, and have more uh, ten stripes on their on a brand new looking black belt, <laughs> walk your new. ass out the opposite <laughs> direction, okay? And if it just sounds like like this doesn't seem like it would work. It's probably not gonna. (laughs) Each one is designed for a specific purpose, and this goes back to Sung Tzu, right? If we're talking about warriors, know yourself, know thyself. That is huge, man. And know your enemy, and then you train accordingly.
0: Oh, bro, I get asked all the time, especially now, like... I'm the single dad at my kid's school and I'm like, I'll go to these functions where it's all the moms and you know, we'll get it. Great. We'll get it. We get into these, we get into these conversations. They're like, well, I really want my son or my daughter, you know, to know self-defense. What should, should they start with like, like Jeet Kune or karate? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, they're going to get beat up, right? I'm like, you got to put them in MMA fighting right off the bat, and that's it. If they want to do that later on, then do it later well, on.
2: Think about it like this with kids, all right? If you see, you go into a martial arts studio, and they do actually do self-defense where you, you grab me here, grab my wrist here. Well, think of the size of a child and how children fight. They walk up and they grab each other. So totally. uh, it's a perspective on... Look at the martial art itself and what it's doing, then then assimilate it with the body size. So kids, obviously, the stuff that they learn how to roll with judo or that self defense, bend the wrist, sweep the leg, that is really applicable for kids because totally. they don't fight like adults. No. And as you progress up through mm. the ranks, then it, you yeah, go, then fight. you know, start to know yourself. You have the baseline. And totally. I, I, here's the thing with with MMA: most people are intimidated because that's the fighter. I mean, if you want to be a fighter, that's where you go. Right. Right. Self-defense is different. Exercise is different. And then, obviously, the next level after being a professional fighter is being a professional what we are. Yeah. Hunter and killer. Right. Right. And there is levels of everything. So, and most people think if you go into an MMA gym, all they do is they just walk in, and put a put you in a ring, and just beat the piss out of you <laughs> for not nice, You know that is not how that goes no, down.
0: No, not at all. And you should
2: be less intimidated to walk into an MMA gym than than into the anywhere else because they're they're there to teach. They're right? serious. They, exactly. About, they don't yeah. throw you straight in unless you mouth off. I mean that all is by design too. Right. And. Um, Everybody has nerves going in. Every, no one likes that whole concept of fighting and, and getting out of your comfort zone. That's why you go. And what the lessons learned inside, well, just saying, you don't know anything about yourself till you've been in a fight. Totally. And uh, that gives you an opportunity to see that, even if you never even step into the octagon. I'm telling you, it's 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 worth it just to do that to yourself. Just to, to learn. Step, to step in there. To learn. What, what? Just, if you've never been into a martial arts studio or, or a karate dojo or an MMA gym, walk in. Do yourself a favor. Just walk in and stay in for a week Yeah, to see what happens. Yeah, and then Take, go do something take else. them
0: up on the free week of whatever, yeah. right? Just to see what oh. it... You, you won't even believe what it does to you.
2: Oh, I love
0: it. I love it. Well, listen, with all the nonsense out there, there's also some really positive, incredible instructors. I mean, some people who really, truly understand fighting. Sure.
2: Moreover, in the traditional martial arts, because people... Oh, MMA, the traditional part, it doesn't work but okay, here's where you go in thinking about this it's been around for a couple hundred years it's a system of self-defense and exercise and and, uh, fighting and overall conditioning of the mind and body now, totally. If you're learning this in and the, in, so. in those double flying crescent kicks or whatever it is because you want to go out and apply that into a fight, you need to learn a lot more before <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually have to set that kick up, right? Unless the guy's just, just totally oblivious about uh, what's yeah. going He's on. Like, huh? <laughs> but uh, what that does is it gives – if if you have uh, kids who, who don't have enough guidance on the outside and they need the discipline on the inside, a way to act, talk, walk, totally kind of that na- whole concept. And the traditional parts of that are the most beautiful aspects of it. And a lot of the guys, most of us started out in, in the traditional karate and then moved into MMA, and now we make fun of the traditional side of it. And that's kind of a warrior thing too. That was the old way, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. But we all started like that, and it's it's easy to, to do that. But don't forget, man, that... A long time ago, when they developed those arts, they were having to fight all the time. And it's watered down over, totally. over to, to accommodate for the people coming in, right. men, women, and children across the board. That's
0: the beautiful aspect of it, the, yeah. devel- the, the comprehensive development of the mind, the body, and the soul. And I think that's the beautiful aspect of all great fight training. And, and what, what's interesting is the guy we're bringing on, I mean, he's been at this for Wizard. How long has Tony been at this?
3: Well, he initially developed his spear system. Um, this goes, obviously, back. It took time for him to get to that point, but that was, uh, I believe, 1982. Wow. So we're looking at 35 years to this point.
0: I mean, I remember showing up at at, at the team, and, and they were training Spears, right? I mean, I remember uh, yeah, being yeah. third phase, sure. and, the, and uh, our, century, <laughs> our century takedown stuff was all based on a spear system, man, so... This guy's been at it a long time. Give us a little bit more about Tony before we get him on here.
3: Well, he just uh, recently became an American citizen. He was a Canadian for a long time. That's notable, but largely irrelevant to talking about his background. <laughs> you anyway, just want
0: me to go. That's cool, I just cool, want to hey? say
3: congratulations. Hey. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's cool, eh? <laughs> Sorry, um, Tony. Don't beat me up.
3: He had, a, he had a history of, you know, he's involved in wrestling and some Taekwondo, and then I think He was just sort of a fanatic about all this. And and, and a lot of time, just testing and and evaluation and development of the system. Eventually, in 1982, he develops uh, what's called a Spear System. It is a close quarter protection system uh, utilizing a person's reflex action in threatening situations as a basis for defense. Uh, Another description that... uh, off the website here which seems to we hack the self-defense process by integrating a dna level survival response with modern principles of physiology physics and psychology he has since taught this to of course like we said 35 years it has been taught to law enforcement and military units from i mean the gamut ever, Tier one ever, all ever. the way down yeah. to the ground pounders on the sand And one of the the more interesting and very applicable, you know, we talk a lot about fear. There's a whole section in this, the fear management, uh, they say, is one of the pillars of this system. So again, I'm just going to read how they describe this. Fear is simulated with role-playing attacks at high speed to cause the body's natural startle flinch. This training, known within the system as no fear, helps students understand the psychological effects of fear, such as the adrenaline dump, sweating, auditory exclusion, and tunnel vision. And... Really, you know, he seems to be one of the first. I don't know the term for this, but is the it is the situational full speed um, realistic live? It, yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 real world realistic full speed training, which I understand was he was probably he was one of the first ones to start utilizing this. You, you see it in a lot of other systems now. It's moved out of even just the combatives uh, realm for training, at least military. Which I really appreciate is being ultra useful, right? Ultra useful and applicable and efficient in 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 teaching it.
0: I love it. I, I think the guy's brilliant. I, I love his videos. I love watching his stuff. I love following him on Instagram. The guy's awesome. Let's bring this badass on the show. Let's get into it. Let's understand what fear is all about. What do you say, gents? Good. <laughs> Marcus, what I love more than anything is when we bring someone on the show that not only is a master of what they do, right? A true master, a person that has taught it, you know, more than 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 times, but is also a master of beating the shit out of people, dude. Something about that just warms the cockles of my heart, brother.
2: <laughs> no, it's uh, I don't. It's not by design. It's just kind of the way it happens. But we get all the credit and the top cover for everything that we're taught, yeah, because we apply it out there in the real world. But it's it's always an honor and a privilege to see the one where you get it.
0: Oh, we're, my God. Right. I, when I was first in the team. made us, right? Dude, when I man? first came in, they were talking about Tony. Mm-hmm. Way, ba- you know, in, in 95, man, it was like, <laughs> wait till you get to do this hand-to-hand. Shit. I remember third phase. Right, we yeah. got introduced to the spirit yeah. system, man. And I was yeah, just like, system. I was a right? baby too, right? Oh, no, <laughs> I was 90s like, That's baby. That's bad uh, shit. Uh, yeah. Well, guess what, brothers? Guess what? He is right here with us right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Mr. Tony Blair, what's up, my brother?
4: Man, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I should probably just walk off stage now and and leave. Uh, like after that introduction, I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> shut the screen. <laughs> oh,
0: that'd be great, right? <laughs> um, he drops the mic. I love it.
2: <laughs> just go to blackout on the thing.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> Listen, Tony, we are so uh, unbelievable honored and privileged to have you on with us, man. Thank you so much. I know your schedule is insane. But it really is just such a treat yeah, to have sorry, real, you on, and we're real we're, cool, man. Yeah, really cool. Thank you.
4: No, man. Listen, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm the guy that's honored and, and flattered, and I, and I said that to you privately when we when we connected to 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 set this up. Every time I go to a base, a post, anywhere in the world, law enforcement, I always I always thank them because at the end of the day, I'm like angelo dundee you know hanging on the ropes yelling to muhammad ali zigzag do this (laughs) i'm really not the guy putting myself in danger so uh i'm just a coach on the outside but thank you
2: and you Uh, have one hell this is is the best thing about when you get a chance to talk to the teacher yeah right, right it's like i i get what you're saying we're out there the ones getting our faces kicked in but but it's the we believe in you you know, yeah. you couldn't do that if you got trained by some horse shit, and, and you're like, know, I, I don't know if this is going to work. It doesn't even look like it's going to work. It doesn't even feel right. This don't feel right. And, Tony,
0: Tony, so this is what Marcus has me watching nowadays, like, because we record out at his ranch. So I'll come into his office, and all of a sudden he's got, what is it called on YouTube?
2: A bullshito.
4: <laughs> <laughs> There's some crazy shit out Can there. Can you believe
2: that? I, I'm, it's new to me. I just found it. That's why I – uh as a long-time student of the, of that of the, of the martial science, man, it is unbelievable unbelie- what's what's out there and what people. Oh for yeah, people, we, well, I, I
4: just I just reposted something Joe Rogan posted with like some guys multiple and attack where the guy was armed with a like a willow tree
0: branch. Oh, <laughs> that was awesome!
3: <laughs> I, was like,
4: I was like, holy shit! Like, and and anyways, uh, you, yeah. you see some of these. Uh, I'm probably. All of us get our ass kickeded by like, and the, the 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 only evidence of DNA on us is fucking leaves and branches. <laughs> we get attacked by like we're <laughs> making fun, and their ninjas come and attack us. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's, it's no, ridiculous. No, no.
2: The only the only person on the planet <laughs> make a willow tree uh, into a weapon is your grandmother, and she'll whip your ass. Wait, that's a tree. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, other than that, it's it's a, that's an inherited <laughs> trait. You know, with time, not right. Just, right. <laughs> All
0: right, all right. Let, let's let's jump into it. But before we get to the meat and potatoes, Tony, brother, I we talked a little bit about it. I know you've listened to one or two so far. So we gotta get warmed up. We have to initiate that prefrontal cortex. We gotta get that limbic system firing. We got to get, get into it. We got to just stretch out, develop a little rapport, and really put your brain to the test with the mad minute, baby. Are
4: you ready? I'm, I'm i'm a little scared but that's why i wore the shirt so
1: let's go
0: <laughs> <laughs> and for the record all of you who can't see what things, six i'll just come out and say it because it's probably one of my favorite t-shirts that i'm now gonna have to buy from him and it says fuck fear that's what it says right so there. deal with it <laughs>
4: <laughs> right all right marcus fire away all right brother. <clears throat> excuse me favorite superhero um, is is Deadpool a superhero? Yes. Heck absolutely. yeah,
2: Deadpool's a
0: superhero. Yeah, Ryan,
2: I, pu- Ryan, real I, awesome job pulling that to life. Great. Uh, yeah, he is. I didn't know anything about him. I do now. Yeah, we well, yeah,
4: yeah. de- I, I just Go ahead. I, you know I asked I, uh, like I was thinking about that and I was like like I like that guy because he's fucking down to earth, gets fucked up, but then heals and comes back. So you <laughs> like no, he does, yeah, does. I don't like know. That.
2: I mean, Ryan, I'm. I have a feeling he's. Just, he, he's not playing Deadpool. That's he just yeah, his his, character. That's his personality, yeah, right? right. right. Yeah. And whoever gave him the little insights and triggers to that team guy life, like the behind the scenes, you don't <laughs> talk about like the disgusting stuff that no one else picks up, but team guys going through there totally. It's he's, they're doing a really good job. They are. They are. <laughs> mm. All right, wizard, fire away. All right,
3: give me one martial arts move, no matter how unrealistic or ridiculous it is, that you'd love to pull off in real life, just to say you did it. <laughs>
4: Anything. That's an awesome question. Um, that's that's insane. I'm 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 guessing it would be like like a fucking death touch.
0: (laughs) Oh, the five (laughs) finger heart death
3: touch.
4: (laughs) The five finger exploding
3: Yep, exploding heart palm technique.
4: Like I walk up to the guy and I put my arm around his shoulder and and I go, hey man, like I don't want to fight, and then whisper in his ear, you're gonna die tomorrow, right? Like (laughs) I just (laughs) touch, right? Dim (laughs) mock.
2: Yeah. Dim (laughs) mock.
4: (laughs) Look at your watch.
0: Okay. All right. All right. We we normally have a question where, like, if you had to get into a, a fight with one of them, who would it be? And we usually say Stallone or Schwarzenegger, but I'm going to change it up for you. We're, if you had to get in a fight with one, who would it be? Steven Seagal or Dwayne Dieter? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not even in the same categories. Um so, and, and wow, um, you're really Man, trying I, to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you don't gotta answer you.
0: I just want to know which one over. turns
3: up the loathing dial the most. <laughs> which one does it for uh, you?
4: Oh my god. Um, uh, I know. Uh, Here's the here's here's, here's
0: here's the question. Here's the question. If you had to get a fight with one. Who would it be, Sylvester Stallone in Rocky Three or Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man?
4: Um, I, I, if, if it was a real fight and I really had to fight, it would be Schwarzenegger. I I got to uh, uh, spend some time with Stallone. I actually have met both guys and have huge, huge admiration for both guys. But in terms of if I was actually going to fight, I like a, a bigger target who moves a little bit slower. And uh, hmm. so I, I'm picking, sorry, Arnold.
2: Everybody picks Arnold. <laughs> they do. The Terminator. Yeah, yeah. If you don't fight somebody, you fight Terminator. If you beat him, you beat the Terminator. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Point. Go, go, go Marcus. Uh, Han Solo or Indiana Jones?
4: Uh, Hans.
2: Yeah.
3: Will artificial intelligence result in a, utop- a utopian era of human advancement? Or will it take all our jobs and eventually become a real-world Skynet which comes online marching into a dystopian future and exterminating mankind? Come again?
4: Wow. And, and that's a scary question because that's just a voice, right? Like, it's like <laughs> I know. it's a,
2: yeah, <laughs> I terrifying you, on this <laughs> end, too.
4: <laughs> if you guys talking, that was Skynet saying, <laughs> what do you think, right? That's weird. That's um, yeah, I, listen, man. There's so much, so much corruption, moral, ethical uh, corruption in the world. Uh, the whole artificial intelligence thing is is kind of is kind of scary and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the books and movies you know that uh, 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 that you see where you you look at something what was it, Elysium or like you know where you're mm-hmm. looking in the future going I could see that happening pretty easily mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's uh, you know like the 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 you know Orwell's books and some of the quotes and some of the stuff you read now that were written 20 thirty years ago like we're living that. Totally. We so,
2: were talking about that the other day. Yeah. All yep.
4: right. Based on you.
0: that utopian, whatever question that the wizard just shot you, if you could give any president in history a dose of truth serum and ask him a question, who would it be and what question would you ask?
4: Wow. How much time do I have to come up with that? <laughs> I, I, yeah, right. Uh, that's that's a, that's huge. I, I and, and it's such a deep one. Uh, r- remember I, I grew up in Canada and I just became an American citizen this year. And so, uh, I'm fascinated with, with like ancient shit and, and, and old stuff. And, and I would probably, it would probably be, you know, like someone like Lincoln or, or, you know, uh, uh like back then and just, where the like the struggle was so emotional and how to unite people and and everything and and just ask him like, 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 dude, how do you do this? How are you, when I look at, when I look at at guys who make the decisions they make, and this is all that whole tying it to the whole never quit theme of like, how do you take something that's so overwhelming? Like, what was his staff like? He didn't have email. He didn't have, you know, you know, iCloud files Mm. and shit like that. But just Mm. to ask, just to maybe ask him, like, what are you thinking? And and how do you keep going? Because awesome. it was chaos back then.
2: Awesome question. Awesome sure. answer, dude. Absolutely. Awesome. You're on point, man. The guys who made those big decisions that turned it into what it is now, I mean, they had no idea, right? And all they knew was we needed to bring the people together first. Yeah. And start from there. But,
4: but, do you, but do you actually think, like, there's a guy in D.C. or any country that actually makes that decision? Right. You know what I mean? Is like, you know, whether whether it's it's the commercialization, the ego, the power, the like back then when they're really, you know, where there really wasn't like all of that infrastructure and the government was was really a few people trying to do the right thing. Like That's that, cool. That, that'd be a cool. You know, if you're going to be a fly on the wall, oh. it, that, I, that'd be badass. Yeah, completely different bad. environment there writing to Writing up, up the
2: declaration, man. right, of independence, right, man, yeah. just to be in there listening to an argument. I mean, we, they don't get anything done these days, man. Can you imagine if they had to put that together? Oh, man. That's cool.
0: Huh. All right. That is the mad minute right there. Mad 10 minutes. I don't know whatever the hell it was. But, Tony, thank you so much for your honesty, your sincerity. I'm still trying to figure out the answer to the Wizards question myself. Um, but <laughs> let's pivot, man. The, the reason why we do this show in all sincerity and the reason why we really wanted to have you come on is because of the depth of understanding of, of people that you've worked with and been around your, for the last 40 years and people in the real never-quit moment. You know, if you could, could you help our listeners by please sharing your greatest never-quit story or stories?
4: Uh, yeah, this is uh, kind of contemporary uh, in... in uh, 2010, uh, we had a, a home invasion in in Virginia Beach, and I wasn't home, and my wife and my kids were home, and uh, and it was horrible, and it led to a couple of other events that made me move out of Virginia, move to California, uh, but part of the dissolution dissolution of my company, that you know there are a whole bunch of event, events around that. My company at the time, uh, people that I had mentored and trained and 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 you know loaned money to and took care of, they fragmented thinking like like I was done because the the uh, experience of the home invasion was so so traumatic for my family. Um, uh, it, I just said I got to get them out of here. It was haunted. The area was haunted for them, and um, so I, I closed up my company and I moved. And then three of the people that were part of my training team, behind my back, opened up uh, uh, companies, contacted our clients, uh, used our IP. Uh, uh, same thing with our equipment. And this was happening behind my back while I was oh, trying wow. to. I was trying to, and and it like it it destroyed. So it put me in such a state of fear. And then what I did is I realized that a lot of the Pre-assault indicators, as, as you guys would, would, you know, I like kind of white, whiteboarded the things that I had been seeing. And I went, oh, my God, um, I didn't apply what I teach people in combatives and personal defense to myself in business. That I saw, you know, we break things down Mm -hmm. as what we call the three Ds, detect, diffuse, defend, detect and avoid, defuse, deescalate, push comes a shove, be your own bodyguard. And it's broken down so that, you know, your, your mind can almost see, just like the Terminator screen, this is happening, if then go to. And there was a period there where, like, I was just devastated. The betrayal the like not having a business not having the income not I lost everything I went from from being really successful running a multi million dollar company to like zero from a friday to a monday oh
0: and, my god
4: wow. and it um uh like I just sat there and it was you go through all the emotions to okay this is where I die okay this is where I give up okay I'll just get a job with somebody else I'll call a friend screw that and then at one point, you just you just remember your vision. You just remember why you're here, and you remember the difference between a warrior and a worrier is is a is is a letter, right? A couple of letters, you know. And and what I lived for and what I built, I knew was was in me. And so, literally, I just I you know I, I said to myself, "Don't be a pussy. Get up and go." <laughs> and
2: uh, oh, I've used that same line.
4: Yeah, and 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 that's what it is. You know the the so that was probably uh, the hardest thing because a lot of that was public, like my reputation, my image. Because,
1: mm-hmm.
4: you know, now I was worried because they had been contacting clients and emailing people. I didn't know, like if someone tells a lie about you and then you get called on it, the fact that, you've, that you're that you compelled to defend it because it's public is always bad, right? You right. You just try to... It, it was it was a it was an awful dirty time. It took me about five six, years to kind of rebuild my company and rebuild myself emotionally, and psychologically, and get and get out of it. You know we're busier than we ever have been, and have a solid team. Um, the serendipity of all of that were those guys that that did this uh, were also people that I knew they were a problem, and I'm the romantic coach. I'm trying. I always try to fix everybody. Right. Um, so there was a silver lining to it. It was it was just a brutal, you know, kick in the nuts, uppercut, head, butt, and maybe a couple of stabs in the back. But uh, but it was super, super hard because it challenged me as a dad uh, because my kids were like, Dad, what's happening? We lost the company. Or like, do we have to move back to Canada? Are we going to, you know, are we going to be living like in a, you know, like are we homeless? Like what's going on? So it challenged me as a dad. It challenged me as a man. It challenged me as a businessman. And there were moments where, like literally, I just be sitting there, dude. Freaking, and I'm, you know, like crying, going, "What the fuck did I do?" And I took full ownership of it. That was another thing. Is oh. I, while people did all this, I said, "You know what, dude? You saw this shit, and you didn't want to. I, you didn't want to uh, uh, meditate on and think about those pre-contact cues. You saw this, and you did what." What all victims of violence do, almost all victims of violence, it's cognitive dissonance, right? Yep. You create that, and you go, "I'm, you know, I'm going to be okay here. This is not really happening." So that, that was huge. I've had a couple others, you know, uh, uh, really personal. Uh, 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 you, you know, my wife when she turned forty, kind of went, "What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing with my life." And for two years, I didn't know if we were going to split up. This is obviously incredibly personal, but I think a lot wow. of guys share this. Uh, or can relate to this, is I thought, you know, you know here I am thinking, like, oh my God, like, we'll be together forever, and she's talking about splitting up, and that phase lasted two years. Emotionally, that was the hardest thing I ever did,
1: where sure. I still
4: had to, to work, I still had to, you know, work out, I still had to take care of my kids, while I'm thinking the most important thing, uh, you know, my, at the end of the day, everything's bullshit if you can't like if you can't be a good husband, good dad, right? Hey Amen.
0: I just I just went through the a horrible year. I just went through a divorce myself. I know what that pain, what that emotions like. So do how many tens of hundreds of thousands of other people that are going through it or in the midst of troubled relationships, man. Those those are incredibly difficult
2: times because it's out of our control. Well, most everybody who, who- If you guys, if you're wired like we are, where our lives kind of exist and we push ourselves further because of the people around us. So betrayal. Oh, man, that's inside. You can't. You're vulnerable because, I mean, obviously, if it's somebody who's hit you, that is your guard around them. It's non-existent. That's the way it is in, in, with with our crew, man. Plus the
0: core values of the brotherhood, right? right. And these Jesus. these the idealism that's affiliated with how we connect with each other, whether it's right. in combatives and in that that shield the shield the failings. And the phalanx, the metaphor of the phalanx is is really much more powerful, right? As we cross uh, our value systems, we cross our belief structures. Everything. We we crisscross your our emotional armor with one another, and then when that just gets stripped away, and, and even if you did see it, Tony, it still sucks,
2: man. Well, that, that's why it's but, but the betrayal part is because you, you don't. That's the not believing part. Like, now nah, I'm making this right. up, right? And you're you're going against your own spidey sense, it's in, in, which makes it even harder when it happens. Because you're he like, teaches oh, spidey sense, damn it, man. I
4: right. saw this no, coming. That, that's Marcus. That's that's so that's so spot on because it's it's the and I wrote something to somebody uh, the other day. You know, you can anticipate an ambush. You can go. This would be a good place to ambush, and and you're either setting it up or you're moving. Into that, 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 you know, that the proverbial x and you're going, This would be a good place. This is this is the metaphoric thermopylae, okay? <laughs> and and but when it's somebody you trust or somebody you know you you you've mentored and you you work with, you almost can never see it coming because, well, like you said, I, I like what you said there. Your 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 spider sense is going. Huh? This is weird. And then you're going, no, dude, you just, you know, you shut it down because you don't even want to believe it. You don't even want to, uh, um, you know. And that's an interesting thing. Like one of the things that when when we're teaching people to uh, trust their gut, you know, we've now kind of simplified it. Where we're over decades of interviewing victims of violence, every victim of violence who ever lived to tell the tale said they had a bad feeling before the attack. That's a hundred percent. And so I was able to always choose safety. That's our mantra, hashtag choose safety, because the downside of ignoring that could be death, maim, torture, uh, uh, emotional trauma, whatever it is. But the if you address it and it turns out to actually be something, you're relatively as far off the X as possible because you're addressing it earlier. Right. And, but most, most people don't know how to process that. That's the biggest thing that, 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 you know, that we try to get through to people is that you need to, if you get a bad feeling, you have to address it because if it turns out to be nothing, you're still safe. Well.
2: We're kind of mm-hmm. our own victims, if you, in, in a sense, because we ignore the. Like, I call it Spidey Sense, but that's our animal instinct. Is actually what it is, and and people think because we're smart, intelligent, we have willpower, I can make decisions, and right. it's uh, a lot of people try to overshadow it. But if you pay attention to it, you'd be surprised what it actually shows you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, if you're really in tune with it, it's not just the bad stuff. It's 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 everything, and it's it's sure. it's, it's kind of a. Cognitive dissonance, is that the right word? Where you're trying to distance yourself from your yeah. what your body is trying to tell you because you think you're smarter than your body. And You,
0: you want you you to create the human mind essentially through fear. And hopefully, Tony, you'll explain why, why don't you explain it? Because, I mean, this is what you teach, and you're, you have an incredible vast amount of knowledge neurologically. So please dig in and help us understand how fear works, why it works, and all that.
4: Yeah. um, So I grew up afraid of everything. So whether I was wrestling or skiing or gymnastics, I was afraid of everything, but I was a good athlete. So there I was in it doing all the shit. But if I was in a gymnastics tournament, I was afraid to lose. I was afraid to win. I was afraid of this move. And, but I never, you know, this is the sixties, early seventies. You didn't talk about this shit. You didn't, there was no, there was no coach to go Mm -hmm. to. My dad, when I was about 11 or 12, I said, hey, I'm really afraid to go to high school. And it wasn't like English or math. I was afraid to get beaten up. Somebody said to me, you know, <laughs> when you go to high school, one of the things like like people do is they beat up the new guys. And I believe that, right? I started doing martial <laughs> arts. And I got, I got really into it because what it was was uh, it was a lifeblood to confidence. I really believed. But then I got into a couple of confrontations where – all my martial arts went out the window. Like there's <laughs> there like, there was, like her shit. So I'm training, but understand I'm training like with a religious fervor because I'm thinking that if I get good at self-defense, I will conquer my fear. And so I'm training, I'm training, I'm training. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, um, like 17 or 18 years old. I'm work. I'm working at my dad's office. I'm making four dollars. This is such a fun story. I'm making $4 an hour to sweep the the floor um but when we would get shipments and i'd fucking like rocky hitting uh oh yeah what's meat. up i <laughs> I I'd, I'd, I'd we'd get shipments of clothing and i'd punch the shit out of the boxes i'd be doing jump back kicks and round kicks and a <laughs> friend and and client said hey uh he saw me working out he says hey i um i need you to teach mitchell his 15 year old son some self-defense because he's having a bully issue at school And I'm like, okay. He says, "Uh, how much do you charge? I said, I don't charge. I mean, you're, first of all, you're a friend of the so I'll teach him. So uh, he says, no, I'm going to pay you. I want you to take this super seriously. I'm making four bucks an hour for my dad. He says, I'll pay you 20 bucks. I do the math quick. I go, shit, that must be five lessons because I'm getting paid four bucks an hour. He goes on to say, so I want you to be there on time. Take this seriously, Tony. It's my son. I'll pay you 20 bucks every lesson for 60 minutes. And then I realized, Holy shit. He's paying me 20 bucks an hour. And it's like, <laughs> I old, it's 1978. Um, and, uh, I go there and I start teaching him and I'm teaching him. I've never taught anybody, but I'm teaching him what I know. I'm teaching him how a box. I'm teaching at a, at a kick. I'm teaching him how a wrestle. This is like, like 1993 is when the UFC started. This is 1978. So I'm teaching him mixed martial art just because that's just, that's just the arsenal.
0: Right.
4: Three months later, he gets into the fight and, uh, he, I come back, a private lesson, uh, I come over to his house to give him a lesson, and he's sitting fuming in his room, and I go, what happened? You can tell from his body language, he goes, motherfucker, and he's screaming and everything, and uh, and I go, uh, what happened? What happened? He goes, I was late for class, I'm running through the hallway, this guy trips me, I go falling in front of a bunch of kids, everyone's laughing at me, and he's 15, he's humiliated, he picks up his books, and he's muttering to his mouth, he goes, you motherfucking piece of shit, and the guy gets up, in verbal abuse they're nothing physical and so i told him i said if the guy puts his hand on you defend yourself right now just avoid it while you're training and so so what happens is the guy hears him swearing he comes up to me he goes what'd you fucking say and mitchell's standing there he goes he goes i don't even know who you fucking are you've been bugging me since school started leave me the fuck alone and the guy's like what are you gonna do about it and he pokes him and Mitchell grabs him, slams him against a locker bank, and says, don't fucking ever touch me again. And he pauses, and he looks at me, guys. And I go, and? And he goes, he fucking drops me with a left hook. <laughs> I, go, I say, I look at him, I go, Mitchell, Bob and Weave, checking, what parry, Block, Wing, Long Sal, Tan sow, what's all? The, where's all the shit we worked on? And he looks down, he looks up, and he says, well, I was holding him with one hand and I had my books in my other hand. And when he says that, I go, Oh my God. And this is actually true. I said, Oh my God, we meaning the world teaches self-defense wrong.
0: Totally. This is
4: where, what I did is I said, are those your books? And we replicated, we reverse engineered the fight. I grabbed him. I grabbed the books. I said, show me the punch. I looked at the start of flinch, the movement, and we reverse engineered it. We couldn't take back the fight. But that day forward, I had a vision for what self-defense needs to be. It has to be emotional. It has to be – the first place you're hit in a real fight is your emotional system, totally. then your psychological system, mm. then your physical system. Most MMA combaters, martial art, they practice only the physical. Um, but But if your emotional, psychological self doesn't support you, you quit. Right? You, totally. You, you no. don't Anyways, mm-hmm. I call it the three eyes when we're doing our, our gigs. I say the three eyes. We've got instincts, we've got intuition, we've got intelligence. Is If we take a little bit of each one of them, we're probably going to be okay. The problem is when we, you know, our, we, our instinct fires a message to us, and then cognitive distance shuts it down. So you're, what you're doing is you're violating intuition. You're not going to do anything intelligent. Right? right. And so I people I, we like... If you look at any scenario, because we've all had, uh, whether it's a a marriage relationship, business deal, uh, uh, you know, street fight, firefight. If you if you when you let the dust settle, and you think back, if you can mentally uh, uh, kind of deconstruct and reconstruct what happens, you'll always find that, hey, at this at this point. Before it actually happened, I had a bad feeling about this guy or about this event or about that. And, and it's most people don't peel the onion. That's the biggest thing that we, we when we do our, our training, first engineer it in a very specific way to, to kind of show people how, like that butterfly effect, that if you had acted on that first instinct here, that would have changed how you moved at the next step. The, the reality, and I'm going to come back to the psychology of fear in a moment, the reality is that when we say to people, hey, get left of bang, get off the X, uh, situational awareness, head on a swivel, and then what we do is we practice gun disarms. We practice get out of headlock. We practice, you know, a knife move. We, we practice, you know, every, all of that practice from the combative side is on the right of the ambush, if you think about that. Right. If you practice, and that's wrong. So nobody has a... Nobody had back in the day like this system where I would look i I'd look at guys and I go, Okay, you're practicing shoot, no shoot, but what about no room to shoot, no time to shoot? That means the bad guy, like a jack in the box, you know, you're there looking for the clown <laughs> moving through, and it's that no matter how <laughs> fucking fast <laughs> you are. Think about this. I could put a jack in the box in front of you and I could go get rid of your finger jab him. Hey, Dave, just stand there like this, <laughs> crank it. When that little fucking clown pops out. Because of the way the brain fires, and this is now we can tie back to, to fear, the stimulus and the response. So the stimulus is the head—that's the clown. You got a finger jab. Between there is gap. This gap between stimulus response—that's where the brain's neural circuitry of fear takes, whether it's a nanosecond or a minute. Mm. And and if something has put you into the fear loop, uh, what that does is it just adds more time. And these are micro moments where where you're just losing the fight, or you're losing. Self confidence. One of my and this this could translate. One of the things I do. We, you know, we do a, 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 this this block, this seminar called No Fear. But you remember the No Fear T shirts? Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. So so No Fear. Um, I make this joke that that uh, uh, I had so much fear as an athlete, wrestling, martial arts. I was afraid to lose. I was afraid to win. Uh, I was a competitive skier. I was afraid to let down, you know, my family, and I was supposed to, you know, represent Canada in the Olympics. If I kept going on this trajectory, I never won a race. I never finished a race because I always skied too hard. I, and 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 I remember my coach saying to me after one big race, um, or sorry, just at the beginning of the race, and he go and I said, "Great, coach. Well, I wanted to projectile vomit. I was so scared. I'd already peed five times. I." <laughs> I took off out of the gate and I, and I wiped out three gates from the bottom fucking fell so hard. I fell through the finish line (laughs) disqualified. But here's my point is, you know, I had my coach said to me, Hey, you kill it in practice, but every time it's the real event, something happens, what's going on. And had he been able to pull that out of me where I could just say, I am afraid that, and this is the, the question I throw to people. And, Let me know if it resonates with you. If I'm so good, why am I so scared?
0: Exactly.
4: I had confused adrenaline, uh, rapid breathing, tunnel vision, auditory exclusion with lack of skill. Nobody ever told me these are the physiological changes, your body experiences. And I've even to this day, I'll I'll work with like, like a SWAT cop who's got PTSD from, from an event and he's—he was never even taught in modern times, like some of the physiological changes. Because what we do is this: if I asked you, if I asked you, just really quickly, call out a word. What's the opposite of cowardice? I'm oh, sorry. What's the opposite of? Uh, I just screwed that up. Uh, cowardice. Uh, <laughs>
3: good, good, yeah, <laughs> it's good. Good game. So, like,
4: like I'll ask guys, hey, call this out. What's the opposite of courage? And somebody in the audience always says cowardice. Right. And I tell them though the opposite of courage is discourage
0: oh GIS
4: courage so when you look at somebody do something and and you know we talk about everything works once it doesn't work twice when you see it you start to think about how you might have done it differently so when you see like some amazing heroic feat or you see some amazing uh, athletic uh, you know uh, performance or somebody in business does something you start to wonder I wonder if I could have done that. I wonder if I would have reacted that way. I wonder if I would have had the, you know, the, the, the will, the tenacity to keep going through that. What you're doing is you're triggering, and this is all part of what I call the neural circuitry of fear. You're triggering, um, a movie in your mind and the movie in your mind is the fear loop. The movie in your mind is, "Ah, fuck, I should zag. Should I zag? Did you guys ever see, um, get Carter? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely.
4: Do you remember the fight scene? Yeah. Yeah. He's in the elevator, and, and the guy goes, uh, he goes uh, hey, man, sorry to hear about the girl. You know, he's the big dog. He gets the dog. He gets the girl, and he flashes his gun, and Stallone visualizes him pulling out his three fifty seven and shooting him. And then he goes, uh, hey, you remember, Peter, don't you? And then Stallone visualizes the other guy. So we show that, and we go, what are we learning here about the neural circuitry of fear? That while you're visualizing what the bad guy can do to you, you're not figuring out what you need to do to the bad guy. Exactly, and 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 so there's so many little nuances in in this. But basically, to understand fear in a way that um, for your listeners, for for people new, like who aren't like studying it because they're you know, they're studying physiology and psychology or human behavior, and and this this is why the shirt is the shirt isn't meant to be um, just this cavalier like you know. <laughs> Fuck the establishment, fuck fear. No, this is actually a fucking acronym for facing fear. F is face the fear, then understand it. Actually look at it. Try to figure out what the hell it is. Right? And so, like, like the Stallone thing, he's got he's in immediate danger, he's got imminent threats. One guy's got a gun. Who do you go to? The guy with the gun, right? And so, you know, using this theatrical video i can help people go look how we made this decision and then we have a we've got a kind of a flow chart i'll send you guys a copy it's kind of cool cool. um but but you can see where it is so you almost when people understand that i've got to face fear i've got to understand it then i've got to confront or control it there are events in life where there needs to be fear you can't be cavalier about danger about risk About deadly force and so on and so forth but you need to confront and control it to get to and here's how i spell no fear so remember t-shirt company spells it no we spell it K-N-O-W. yeah and this is the biggest (laughs) thing and this is like like why this to me like just resonated so much with the the never quit mindset is at the end of the day fear throttles everything we do everything Fear throttles who you talk to, therefore who you dance with, who you marry, how much weight you lift, where you're gonna live, and most importantly, whether you're gonna protect yourself or your family. Because if you if you think too much about fear, and what that is, is when you it's what I call the psychology of intimidation, when you're visualizing what your opponent can do to you instead of what you must do to your opponent. And what you do in life is is mitigated by fear. And if we change our relationship to fear. If we suddenly go, I got a fear spike. There, I got to get to no fear. Fuck fear, you know. And it, and it's almost like that flight ninety three thing. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's yep. rock. You get that fear spike, but instead of just saying fuck fear and like running, fucking, you know, towards <laughs> something, <laughs> <like, laughs> it's to stop and go. Wait a minute. I got to face it. I got to understand it. I can confront it, and then I get to know it. And now we're 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 moving towards the danger.
2: I love it. No, that's. I'm glad we got him on here right? mean, from what you taught us. <clears throat> I tried to explain it too. And and it pretty is, it, it really is an amazing thing. What, what you do to us and how you, and how you train us because I fear everyone has that. You're right. The spotty sense, the, you know, the, the sweats or the nervousness or whatever You're it is wired and then, for it. Yeah. If you, if you, if that's your body telling you, man, you might want to show some interest because fear is not being trained in a certain situation. And as you, look to it and you train in it more and more you get comfortable with it and that fear turns to it, it but you still get the butterflies in the same situation well what that is, is actually anxiousness it's your body telling you that you're ready and a lot of people can confuse those two the fear and the uh and the anxiousness now being afraid we know you'll be a blobber and mess but once you learn how to control your fear it's it's the it's that a it's, it's the activation of your adrenaline
4: so You know the the fancy term in scenario-based training is stress inoculation, and so, and, and so you know what what you guys what you guys did. And I remember initially starting to work with with you know some of your family, some of your team back in as far back as 1990. And the whole introduction was how to reverse engineer scenarios. Just don't. It's not about sparring. It's actually. What's a bad guy gonna do? How's he actually gonna move and then one of the things that that we do and we do it even to, today like 20 30 years later is we work through in every scenario like a like like surgical slices of a primal a protective and a tactical iteration and, and what that would look like so what we're actually doing is that is is this is all brain based neuroanatomy you're creating these mental blueprints in your brain and it's it creates this metacognitive awareness, and that's what you're talking about, Marcus. You go in there, and where again, uh, I, I get to throw in some big words here and sound smarter than I am. But this 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 uh, uh, psychological concept called "tacky psyche," where things go into slow, super slow motion, and it's because your brain is actually processing what it needs just to feed exactly the information what am i going to do here and so where the bad guys haven't trained like you they're like oh fuck and you guys are in the zone even if it's happening in slow motion you're reading everything you're tracking everything and that's just a product of 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 good training All right smart and, training
2: i mean between you and and uh, dr grossman i mean do- I try to explain to my wife. I don't have emotions anymore, right? You're dealing with a different person, right? Everything we've right. been taught. If if you've tripped that switch and we have to go into into that mode, it's everything has been designed differently. It has to be that way to be locked in that tight. Take the pain, the speed. Still have the wherewithal to to speak English. And you know when when it hits the fan, and then and work in the dead zone. It's hard to come off of that.
0: Well, uh, hold on a sec. Let me put the brakes on because. I think, you know, people listening are like, yeah, that's freaking great as you're busting in the door and you've got to address multiple threats that are pointing guns at you. But what if I'm going back and I'm dealing with some type of trauma that I'm experienced because my family's going through something or I just got fired or I just lost my business and, you know, to to back up, man, you miss those pre-crisis indicators and, and people do. So how do we take the the physical concept that we just laid out very succinctly for people, and how do you adjust it, Tony, for the mental or emotional side of the house, whether it's a relationship or it's uh, uh, getting back in the fight for to find another job or whatever you know whatever that yeah, scenario yeah. looks like.
4: Um, I, I think at the end of the day you need to be without this being pejorative or derogatory sounding everyone's got to be more selfish meaning if you're not taking care of yourself emotionally psychologically physically you know and, and this could, this extends to you know nutrition to your fitness regime to who you hang out with if you're not taking care of yourself spiritually then that's going to limit uh, um, how effective and how productive you are for your family or your colleagues or your business and so you almost got to you almost got to uh, if you find yourself down like something hit you, um, you it, it, and to me, it all ties back to when I feel the onion and someone says to me, hey, if I got a, a, an hour to spend with you, what would you what would you show me? And I go, I wouldn't show you anything. I would explain to you the neural circuitry of fear because what keeps you on the ground is fear. What prevents you from getting up is fear. What makes you give in or kowtow to um, the threat and the threat is, you know, if it's downrange, it's some bad guy. If it's, if it's, you're losing your business, the threat is like the bank and what somebody's telling you. If, if it's something in your relationship, it's, it's your fear of, you're never going to find somebody who loves you. You're never going to get married again. You're never going to, you know, and all of these things, you need to be able to clear them. So the most important thing that I can tell people is really simply is just memorize this freaking acronym, fuck fear, and don't be cavalier about it. But it's like, what are you afraid of? Le- really look at that and understand that because because at the end of the day, um, when you say, I want to know fear, I want to get to know fear, uh, and it's not like, hey, does it hit me with lightning bolts. Um, it's, it's really, I want that I self-actualize, as mm-hmm. tracking, that I become the, the next version of myself through adversity, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You guys think about anything, you, you know, if I turn this around, I was interviewing you guys. Um, and I said, "Tell me your worst story." To every one of you, every one of us, has like a dozen worst stories. But if we go, uh, how did that? Instead of the story is, uh, instead of the question being, "What's your worst story?" Tell me about it. It was how did that make you a much better person? Let's only talk about that. And so, really, you know, if somebody's down, the whole the whole mindset of this is is yeah. So I'm I'm working with let's say a, a tier one group and teaching them about you know, the managing the psychology of fear, understanding the neural circuitry of fear so they can make decisions faster. But the metaphor is that the bad guy controls the weather, the bad guy, and you need to weather the ambush. The most, all fights are dangerous. The most dangerous fight is the ambush. And the ambush is that metaphor in life where you get in that accident. And now how are you going to respond uh, to it? Not react to it, but respond to it. And you can't respond with emotional intelligence and psychological intelligence if you can't look at how fear is now uh, consciously or unconsciously navigating your choices
0: totally totally mm. all right i got a question for you so uh, after 40 years of teaching this stuff and and really honing in getting it down to where it's it's a true science um and being able to disseminate it what are some of the the absolutes that you can you can identify within the whether, whether they're cognitive patterning, whether they're behavioral patterning, their emotional patterning, that are some of those pre-crisis indicators that, all right, I'm, I'm in the space where I need to make that decision to suck it up, to be harder, to get more in tune with my fear. What are some of those things that people can who are going through it or are moving towards it that they can identify and say, this is happening to me right now. I need to apply what Tony was saying.
4: Um, so a couple of simple things that I find are, are like can generically apply to relationships, business uh, combat. And that is situational awareness is going to be skewed or tainted or colored by an unconscious bias meaning your lack of self-awareness changes your actual practical situational awareness. If you, if you think like, for example, let's say you have an unconscious bias uh, for a martial arts system, right? And so I'm using a fight example here. So if you're, think taekwondo is everything you're always looking to kick somebody in the head if you think jiu-jitsu is everything you're always thinking of taking something to the ground you're not really reading the scenario it's going through a filter that has been colored by your bias um so i tell people like like you know and every time there's like like a mass murder and attack and ambush uh, some terrorist attack people talk about better situational awareness and i go well everybody on the scene of that crime at that Situational awareness, but nobody attacked the bad guy. And when the cops surrounded that building for two hours, let's say the Orlando event, right. where there's ten guys in, in the, you know, in the bathroom, and you hear people, you know, like they were there for like, you know, a couple of hours trying to negotiate with the guy. Everyone had situational awareness, including the cops outside. So the answer isn't situational awareness. If we if we ask, has anybody in law enforcement, military, ever been uh, uh, ambushed? In in some attack, the answer is of course. So it's, the answer is not situational awareness, as just as a a panacea. I'll just throw that out. Right. Situational awareness. If you have no situational awareness, you have no chance. So how do we connect the two? The answer is self awareness and fear management. Self awareness. So think about this. Every victim of violence, you know, and again, this is like going on thirty seven plus years that I've been interviewing victims of violence. Every single one of them said I had a bad feeling. Let me throw in this this quick story. I'm doing a seminar and this, Mr. Blower, I'm digging what you're saying. Um, But I just want to say that one time I got punched in the back of the head, sucker punched at this, at this bar. I did not know the guy. I never saw it coming. So I had no bad feeling. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be the contrarian. I just want to say that that happened to me once, but I agree with what you're saying. And I said, you know, like some days you're to bug and some days you're to windshield. I'm not, this isn't a perfect science, but I find that really, really interesting that someone would punch you in a bar in the back of the head. You didn't know this guy. And he goes, nope. I go, you'd never seen him before. And he goes, well, no, you had seen him or you hadn't seen him. Turns out that the week before. He had bumped into the guy. You know, they're both at beers. They gave they, they melted off at each other in the bar, like two douchebags. And then <laughs> he went back to the bar. The guy held a grudge, got drunk and punched him in the back of the head. Right. And when he explains, <laughs> I said, Hey, listen, you had a hmm. fucking week to prepare for the punch. <laughs> 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 had an altercation. And then you the same bar and had zero self-awareness, zero situational awareness would be back to the bar. Uh, you know, I tell that story just because it's cute and funny because a lot of people, they don't want to realize that everyone I've talked to, like, like you know when you're getting sick, right? You go, man, something's I'm, – I'm off today. You know when it's going to rain or the weather's change. You were, like Mark said earlier, you were talking about instincts and intuition. We're energetically wired. Something's wrong here. You turn up – maybe it was uh, like just some premonition of something, but you check it out and you're clear. So the first thing I want to share with your audience, you guys, is that – situational awareness is everything, but it's not the situational awareness. It's a self-awareness because that becomes the glasses that make things clear that if I go, you know what? Fuck this. I pay taxes. I'm driving through this area. I don't care that people said this is a dangerous area. I pay my, and you get carjacked and murdered, right? That was your, that was your unconscious bias, lack of self-awareness that allowed you to go into a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. When you have good self-awareness, you're more in tune with the intuition and instincts and so now you can better communicate with yourself going man i don't like that guy here's why i don't like i remember like this this one of the guys that screwed me in business I tell my wife what happened she goes i fucking always hated that guy (laughs) she she goes always i go well it would have been nice if you told me that seven fucking years ago (laughs) Right, And her answer was, of course, correct. She said you wouldn't have listened anyhow because you're a romantic fool. But, <laughs> but, the, but the, 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 the point here, guys, is it goes, you know, I need situational awareness. I need self-awareness. I need to understand how to communicate internally like self-coach. Okay, I'm afraid of this. I got a bad feeling about this. Am I going to have the courage to say to this employee, I think you're stealing from me, to say to my wife, hey, we got to talk about this, or am I going to discourage myself? Remember I said, the, what's the opposite of courage?
0: Discourage.
4: There's very few people that are cowards. Very few people. What happens is you wait long enough, and the fear loop starts playing this movie where you're the loser in the movie instead of the star. And, and you need to know how to rewire that and re-talk about that. And that we call that the three Ds. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Detect, defuse, defend. Detect and avoid, defuse and de-escalate, and then defend yourself. But when I share that with people, I go, everyone get that? Everyone thinks that's forward-facing out here. Oh, I need to detect. I need to defuse. Hey, sir, you know, uh, we got a problem here. But it really starts internal. I oh, need man. to detect my negative thinking, my self-doubt, I need to defuse myself. Dude, why Why are you, you know, uh, I remember reading a, a book. I was into golf for about a year, many years ago. And I read this one book uh, by some coach. And he said, um, uh, he was watching this golfer. Every time he screwed up, would go, you fuck, you suck, man. I can't believe it. Why, why would you fuck it? And he, and he was so down on himself every time he did something. And he asked the guy, he said, would you talk to your kid like that? And he goes, of course not. He goes, why do you talk to yourself that way? It really stuck with me about how, you know, and it's, and it's tricky because especially like with team guys and tier one guys and cops, like part of the enjoyment of being around that is how hard everyone is on each other. Right. right. But, but that's, that's okay. If it's creating like, like a mental energy to do better. Right. But if that's, you're talking about yourself for real, like when you're lying in bed at night, I fucking suck. That's no good, no. right? And and so that's, again, self-awareness to know, you know, what's the connotation there.
2: No, no definitely don't be down on yourself. Don't worry. Other people are going to do that. And when you were talking about your biases, the the worst thing you can do is let, uh, you know, run on somebody else's biases. Let them give you the idea what you're right. about to deal with. Oh, you hear this about this guy told me about that. Everybody who takes this type of karate is a wimp and go over there and try one of them and get your butt handed to you. Right. I mean, it's right. kind of. You're, you're right. Your own situational awareness is kind of what what drives that. And he, I have the same problem you do too, man. I, 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 they call it the big heart. Or I hate to think that the more experience we get, you know, I, I you know, like we can outthink our our spidey sense, right? It's like, oh, I've been doing this. I know. I it's not. It's
4: nothing I can handle it. And
2: every time you
4: get bit in the butt, you know, no matter how much experience you have, <laughs> it gets better. It gets, it, it gets better, Marcus. I mean, I've uh, you know, I turned fifty seven in May and uh and it's and it's amazing like you know my son's 25 now and and uh uh he's a you know professional uh fitness coach and kicking ass and you know just really doing well and and I'm uh, you know I I I text him almost every day like just thoughts about stuff I go like hey man when I was 25 if somebody'd sent this to me I'd probably go yeah thanks dude I said but if there's any way that you can integrate this and absorb it. Trust me. I thought it was a cliche when I heard it when I was twenty five, but you do as as you get older. Uh, you become uh, more resilient, but you're also you're you're you really trust your instincts and intuitions different differently. Um, and uh, you know it's weird. It's it's a cliche because there's stuff that I feel and understand about life right now that I go like why couldn't I have had this insight and this self-awareness when I was 20 or 30? And the answer is because you were fucking 20 or 30. 20 or 30,
2: right? 30 <laughs> yeah. yeah. We said that. Those smart people, they throw all these quotes and the Bible verses. I'm like, how do you learn all that crap, man? Time. <laughs> it takes time. You get in a situation. One of those oh. Bible verses fits real good. It's locked in forever. Right. I mean, it totally. just kind of, you develop your own little uh, library up there of all these these little quips and quotes and, and sayings. And that's a, that's a great thing about having those, man. They, they're around for a reason. I mean, I, I use a lot of them because down in yeah. the South, that's a language. But if you sit and think about it, man, and especially if you've got a situation too. where it applies. Yeah, I man, it's just the verbal pass down uh, over generations that is trying to help you out in this day and age. And most of them still apply.
4: Well, a lot of them, you know. I always joke that pain is the mother of invention, which is another one of those quotes, right? Amen. And that doesn't that doesn't make, make any sense to you until you're in pain. I got punched <laughs> in the back of the head. I didn't also need to tell him always sit with your back to the wall.
2: Figured that out. They go I'm all day. <laughs>
0: Oh man, we we talk about pain constantly on the show as a as a a motivator for for learning in so many different ways and and I think that's ultimately what you've been sharing with us in in and in really in an in-depth and and masterful way Tony. Um before we get off though, we always like to say, you know, can you can you leave some words of wisdom or you know, something that, you know, can help people get started you've already done that you've 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 laid out you know all this incredible knowledge that people can apply immediately in this battle that they're in what i want to ask you to do for them is to you know after you take the beating after you're learning the lessons what is the 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 thing you got to tell yourself that self-speak you know what a, what is the what you know? What are some ideas to to settle in, deal with the blows, and then you know just work yourself back up and get back up?
4: Yeah, it's a a, a, a great question and, and a challenge to you know take uh, you know decades of research and encapsulate it, but there's a question that I always ask people and the fight is the metaphor, right? So it could be someone trying to rape you, someone trying to kidnap you, somebody trying to steal your business, hacking yourself. We were talking about like, like negative self-talk and, and just to recognize that, that, that life is a fight and there's a fight and you can't quit, you know? And the question is this, what does it cost you? What does it cost you if you do not fight back? right and, and and so it's a question i ask everybody i work with because people get lost in the mechanics should i do this should i do this and i go well let's let's go way more uh, spiritual let's go deeper here what could it cost you if you ignore this if you just don't even address this and i have them actually write out things to, awesome. does it cost you a relationship does it cost you your job does it cost you your future does it cost you your life um and uh and it's amazing when you start to open up that discussion and you inspire people to, to get that reflective that it fires them up. Because it, what ends up happening is they go, you know what? This isn't good enough. I need to. And this is the whole thing is, is now what gets them up. People need the anchor. The anchor is, is breaking down that neural circuitry of fear. Where if I, I tell you like the fear loop is like a hologram. And you're, you're, it's a map that you can look down on and go, I'm in the fear loop right now. I've got erroneous beliefs that are holding me down. I'm visualizing failure. I'm looking down here. And I tell people, like, like you're in the fear loop, and there's a door there. And the door is marked challenge or threatened. And you're going to kick it open. You remember Man on Fire, the movie Man on Fire? I love it.
0: Of course. Mm-hmm.
4: But yeah. So so Denzel says to D- Dakota in the pool, are you trained or untrained? And she says, trained. And it's like a big moment where for like, guys like us are like, yeah, like she's going to (laughs) swim. Okay. Wow. (laughs) But, but it's, but it's, but it's this whole thing of, of, of this challenge of Threatened door is meant to be metaphorically that moment. Like, am I going to stay in the fucking fear loop or am I going to kick this fucking door down and step out there? And it might be unknown, but I'm okay with that because this sucks because I had a conversation with myself staying here is not going to change my future
2: i think i love it important to bring this part up too most people hear us and hear what we've gone through and they're like man i can't take what you took i can't take that amount of pain i think all pain is debilitating it's it's not i mean it started just with the uncomfortable i mean if you're you don't have to get into it man but the first thing the way you face your fears is turn in the direction that it's coming from and then just right. take that first step even if it's just a lean and uh, every time you get hit and you get dropped back it's not all the way to the bottom you know that's why you create your baseline you take those steps don't skip anything and, and and every time you get hit and go down it's a starting block just start right there that's where you know you're at that's what we do in the teams man i mean we push till somebody dies and we don't take a step right. back we're standing right there and, and we just start pushing slowly and slowly and slowly until we evolve but we we keep evolving Amen. and that, that's the that's the, the thing man not getting into a little bit of pain is what is debilitating on life absolutely
4: yeah, the, the Marcus, you made me think of a, a, a quick story of a uh, this psychologist who was training with me years ago, and he was l- like literally five foot two, looked like a mad scientist, big long beard, and he he was super short, and he had this Napoleon complex because he was short, and he was learning how to fight, you know, learning how to defend himself, and uh, he had a confrontation one day where the guy he was it was a mountain bike thing. Where he comes into my office, he was on a mountain bike and he would stopped to pick a trail and uh, um, girlfriend and boyfriend came down and they almost hit each other because in the intersection and they started mouthing off at him. And this guy's like this big, right? He's like, you know, (laughs) know. and and this this douchebag grabs this guy, uh, the doctor by the face who's like you know, like on his <laughs> bike, just standing here talking, That's grabs remarkable. him by the face, and just pushes him down and says, you know, get off the trail, little man. Uh-huh. And so here's this guy who's like a psychologist, comes in my office, freaking out. fucking, up, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, you're a psychologist. Calm down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Think man, about this. Right? Talk and, to yourself. He, <laughs> right, right. Book a session with yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Um, but here's the thing is, he goes, he's going, I'm tired of being small in stature. I'm tired of being pushed around because of my size. And he does that, and I, and I just let him, you know, I just let him cool down. And he's, like, looking at me. And I look at him, I go, his name was Waldo. And I said, I said Waldo, I said, is there any chance that tonight when you go to bed and you, 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 you make a wish to be bigger, Is there any chance that you're going to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and go, holy shit, that you're huge, like Schwarzenegger, that you're big, like, you know, like, like some big fighter"? Is there any chance that you're going to be any bigger than you are tomorrow? He's a full grown man. He says, no, I said, then you need to learn to fight with what you have. And it's and it's another thing. And I tie this back to you made me think about it, Marcus, is that at the end of the day, you know, people say you guys have heard this, right? That that size doesn't matter in a fight. Well, size does fucking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah.
4: A good big guy will beat the shit out of a good small guy, right? If we're going to do Demolition Derby and you got a fucking, sorry, Dave, we do like, like uh, pick a a car out of a hat and you pick a Prius and I got a Hummer. It doesn't matter how good a driver you are. Yeah. When my car hits you, right? It's physics, right? And like a bigger caliber bullet is going to do more damage than a smaller one just in terms of the physics of it. So what I tell people, I go, listen. Size matters, but size can't matter because you can't be a different size. And this c- comes back to reframing what you're saying, Marcus, is like, dude, you got to lean into the fight. And But what's going to make – how am I going to inspire somebody to move towards the danger? That comes back to what I've been saying all, all, all uh, podcast, fear. That person has to go, okay, it's okay to be afraid, and I'm going to move towards the danger. I wish I was bigger, but I'm not going to be bigger. And ways to have that conversation right. – with yourself so you so you're you become your coach
0: i love it well here's you know what we got to do tony is you know i I think there's so much information packed in that that cranium of yours (laughs) where can people go to find more of you to pay attention to you to start getting acclimated to you and potentially hopefully reach out and somehow figure out a seminar to come and train with you. Where can people go for that?
4: Um, Probably the easiest thing is our website, uh, uh, Blower Spear, my last name and and the word spear, uh, you know, the name of our system. If they just Google Tony Blower online, they'll feel a ton of stuff. I'm working on a huge project right now. We're working on uh, just to try and and make it more accessible because geography and finances prevents so many people from connecting. And a lot of the most potent uh, uh, content we have, it can be, can be shared like this. So we're creating an online, uh, uh training platform and we're, we're furiously building it as we talk now, uh, our Be and Bodyguard course, an actual no fear course, just all on understanding, uh, fear. Cause I really believe this, that if we taught kids how to look at fear that, and I got a letter from a dad who, uh, um, I've never even met, but he had the, I, I released some audio tapes like 20 years ago, three of them, one's called Cerebral Self-Defense, The Mental Edge, uh, and uh, um, there were two companion ones. But he bought those, and 20 years ago, he sent me a letter last year thanking me for how his kids turned out. Wow. Dude, wow. Like, I was like, holy shit. He basically said, I taught my kids how to look at fear, and what they're doing in their lives is so different. And I think about how fear has impacted me negatively throughout my life. You know, because nobody taught me. And that's that's my wish. That's my future project. Understand the difference between the biology of fear, the physiology of fear, and the psychology of fear. Because the only thing that counts is how you think about fear and what you do with it. Because that's the guide. That's the, that's your messenger.
0: Well, i tell you what, Tony. I, 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 I've been working on... I, I teach a, a component called... I teach people to embrace fear, too. But, man, if I could, I, I would... Next time I'm out in California, man, I would love to just go to lunch or take you to dinner, man, and just sit with you because you you have so much wisdom and so much knowledge and so much grace to how you deliver it. It's just been such an honor and privilege for me personally, um, but I'm sure for us and I know for our listeners, you coming on here and sharing with us, man, just thank you so much, brother
4: thank you man i'm, I'm like uh you, you know like i said at the beginning of the show uh, i'm in awe of what you guys do and all the warriors that 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 keep the fight as far away from us as possible and 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 i'm I'm just uh honored and flattered to just in any way connect and and just uh you know bump and bump shoulders with you guys get to know you guys better so
0: well awesome i can't i can't wait thank for you, that man. time fun, man well I listen feel- brother god bless you god bless you family and and fuck fear brother
4: <laughs> right. That's
3: it guys. Take care. Thank
0: Take you. Care. Later. care. dude. When you when you hear somebody drill down in the well of knowledge like that, bro, the only thing
2: that comes in my mind is, damn, he's done it a lot, man. Right? Especially in that arena. That's hardcore to, to, to last that long because of the beat down on your body. Dude,
0: how many times has he, he had to show a strike? How many times has he put the, the helmet on and taken a beatdown and showing them where people were messed up? How many times has he been tackled to the ground
2: in an, in an all-out
0: flail state
2: nine? The fact that he gets to see us apply his teachings. There's no better reward for a teacher. When your students are out there applying what you taught them, and it works. Oh, totally. I mean, I bet he loves. I guess there's no better, uh, what's that called? <laughs> when, when you're trying to do something, you're advertising, and you have the people write in the comments. To testimonials. The testimonials. Yeah. That's pretty sharp. I mean, he, he's got it across the board from us. Oh, Delta, bro. Delta Dev, all, all of us.
0: I, I mean, that says something right there, that he keeps coming back and coming back and coming, coming back for 40 yeah, I think years. It's
3: the longevity as well. You know, eventually somebody's going to find you out as, yeah, as right, being right. substandard about, or a fraud or, or anything like that. Eventually it'll come out and you'll go away. Well, he's Dwayne been for 35 years. Dwayne That's what they push for. Except for Steven Seagal. Yeah. All frauds have <laughs> been
0: Except for Steven Seagal. That's an ride anomaly.
3: Back. An anomaly which can't be explained. Who you continues
0: to back. watch AC those ride back. Back. You, you You don't know Ryback. Oh, of course.
2: he put me through buzz. What Casey Ryback? The real Casey the, Ryback. Real Casey yeah, Ryback. I was
0: talking about Ryback from Under Siege. Oh, oh, the cook, because that's Casey the only Ryback's job he could cool.
2: get. This is a real Casey Ryback. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> dude, in the teams, Casey
2: fucking. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you He's didn't real. know that? I don't know if Segal got that name from him, but he, there really is a Casey Ryback. That's crazy. We're in a rabbit hole right now.
3: 1992, ex Navy SEAL right turned cook is the only person who can stop a group of terrorists when they seize control of a U.S. battleship. Right.
2: So good, right? What about Miss March?
0: Oh, she Erica oh, Alenson or whatever. Scene. Yeah, Erica Alenson oh, out it comes the out the
2: cake. Poor thing, fell asleep in the cake. Oh, she was so upset. I uh, felt if so we were there. We would have got her out of the cake earlier. Still had that. She wouldn't have been in the, the cake. She wouldn't have been in the Lydia? Is that how you say last <laughs> name? Yeah, <a> Lydia. Yeah, there
3: would have been somebody in the cake with her. <laughs> You're right
0: in there. No, no. All right. So what, if you're listening,
2: hey, a rabbit hole. thank
0: you so much. for This has been such an amazing episode for you. Because when you hear Tony talk about the anacronym Fuck Fear, there's something that you really got to understand in that. How critical the role fear plays in your life. And whether it's in, in a fight, whether you got ambushed in a bar, whether it's in your mind because you just lost your business, or it's in your soul because you just lost a marriage or you're struggling and on some other way. We're always preparing to deal with fear. And so it's so critical that you understand those key components. Like You're going to have to face fear in your life. There is no way around it, period. And the better you get at learning to face that fear, the better you're going to do at developing the never quit mindset. Now the second one learning to understand your fear that's a little bit more complicated I think for for many people right mm-hmm. because it's not an easy thing you've been taught your whole life to compartmentalize your fear to move away from it to take the the, the And that's road. always
2: pa- I don't mean to interrupt you but no, ultimately please. that's passed down from our parents and from the pe- from the Oh we're taught. Exactly oh, yeah. that's an inherited kind of like hate. that's just inherited and uh, a lot of some most of it is for safety and then by uh I don't know. By default, you pick up some other fears from your friends, or it's kind of one of those where you let somebody Cultural. uh, culturally let somebody else's bias become your relative thought, and that is true. I mean, even if in the situation when you start training and it doesn't go away automatically. Matter of fact, every day when you come back to start training, in it that's the fear is still going to be there, and then before you know it, it, it goes away, but. That's how you know you're doing it right. If you're still coming in, every day it goes the fear level goes down a little bit, a little well, bit, a little bit. Well, and
0: that's the whole component of the C, right, to learn how to confront it and to con- confront it through training. And if you're at a high level of training where the stress inoculation, which is a a, a, a phrase that a guy, that uh, his name's uh, Charles Morgan from Yale – who's been studying special operations for 30 plus years. He kind of coined that term and what happens in our program. That's why we're able to utilize fear and such a, a motivating motivational tool to run into gunfire
2: as opposed to run away from it. Right. Look how I mean, they started us off in, in the basics of fear and then drowning. We, we train in. <laughs> right. Kill, yeah. We are gonna kill you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me just show you what real fear looks like in the beginning just to get it out of the way. <laughs> but Let me tie your feet and your hands yeah, yeah, together yeah, good and luck. put you in that pool. That? I didn't give a breath. What? <laughs> uh, uh, look at our training. and This is the greatest part about the teams, man, and we're all guilty of this. The longer we're in, our, our, we overlook our training as training. But our training is the coolest part of the whole gig, right? And it's so intense. I mean, the guys die. During our training. So we're actually living in that fear and in that moment every day just kind of making it uh, better for us. Totally. So a lot of, when we get in, you hear guys, especially the new guys, man, their first op, their first gun battle, So like, is that it?
4: <laughs> a little anticlimactic. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but don't worry, man. It can get bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's, there's stuff that we haven't trained
2: past. Uh, but until you get to that point, it's all oh. it's all gravy, right? And then, man, you know, when it gets bad, again.
0: <laughs> and, and that go, goes to the end of, of the anacronym and knowing fear, right? Really becoming to understand it. But I think the greatest, the, the, the real gems of what Tony was sharing with us was the I, uh, ability to know fear as it's presenting itself in your life, right? The pre-crisis indicators to know if you're moving into a bad physical scenario, to know if you're moving into a bad mental scenario, right? Recognizing that there are people in your life actively working against you for your successes, that are that are being that are betraying you. Then to know and as you put it, Marcus, those spidey senses are firing on all cylinders, right? That's huge. So when you can understand and know that fear, to know where it is, to know when it happens, now, all of a sudden, you're much more prepared for the combat of life. Right, Wizard?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> you kind of said it all there. I mean, you, you know, th- to go through and try to encapsulate into a nice little package everything that was said because we went into depth, that whole discussion, right? So going through and just that an acronym, face, understand, confront, and know, I think that's what, you know, people are going to just want to hold on to that. Think about, retain that in your memory banks because it's, you know, it's going to be valuable for it. Look into more what Tony's putting out there, you know. Let this be a first step into a deeper understanding. I love it.
0: I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, you talked about it in the intro, knowing thyself, right? How far do you want to understand what your capabilities are and aren't? as it relates to the fear you have in your life. And, uh, you know, I teach a seminar on, on learning to embrace your fear, and I've got five missions, and, and it's, it's a process. And, and there, you have to go through this process. Otherwise, you're always going to be on your
2: heels, right? Sure. And a lot of people think that you make the mistake of thinking somebody else has some kind of power or special gift that you don't possess. Always remember that people, we all get up in the same time, you know, we get up in the morning and we do our business. Most people go to work, come back. if They got a family. That's time allotted. All right. Now, how much time do you think one person actually has to spend on teaching himself to become uh, a weapon, right? Unless you're in the job. Exactly. Right. And, and, right. right. <laughs> and, Think about that. So about an hour a day, if, and then not every day, if you're, about, lucky. if you're lucky. So then three days a week. All right. So anytime you're out in a situation, somebody comes up to you, or if there's a moment where someone's trying to take advantage of you and, and the way they, every, everything comes into play, the way they look, the way they talk, the way they hold themselves, the way, the way, the way they react, the way they act and stuff like that. And I always remember when we're talking about with Sun Tzu, like, know yourself and know your enemy and in a thousand battles. You'll never know defeat. If you're standing across from a mixed martial artist and you know it, don't talk smack. Cuz they <laughs> your ass. You know what I'm talking about? And most fighters, most what most fighters Let me put this in it, a
3: simple way everyone can understand. Yeah,
2: most fighters when they're getting onto the level, they it, it doesn't matter if you got some punk talking smack, they're not going to come up on you. Yeah. They are just not. That like, you know that you don't need to do that. And the words, and then that's when you truly understand that words are just words. Right. Like you just an idiot, man. I, you don't even exist with that. Because if you really want to do something, you'd be right in front of me. And anybody who's out there starting bullies, freaking hate bullies, man. How about that
0: kid that was just all over the news lately? That poor kid from Alabama and his mom filled it. Did you see that one? Uh, oh, man, it went viral. It was everywhere. This poor kid was like, I don't understand why, why people saw that or why people are treating people who don't even do it. And he had been punched in the face. And it was just, it was heartbreaking, man. And it's just. It went everywhere. I mean, it was viral, man. Dana White was posted it and said, hey, listen, if anybody knows this kid, knows how to get in touch, let him know. I want to bring him out to Vegas. I want to take him around, introduce him to a bunch of UFC fighters, all this. Man, he was Good. so compelled. After
2: getting done with Dana, tell him to come to us. <laughs> I got bullied, too. There's Man, look, everybody goes into fighting for a person, place, or a thing. That drives you into combat. One of them deals when you're a boy or a girl and you're coming up, if, if you see somebody who's engaged into to the into carrying their fist around in the open, it's because of that. Something's happened. And depending on how far they take it is how bad it was. Right. And getting bullied, it takes something away from you. We teach them, you know, walk, don't want to fight, walk away from it. Yeah, it, you do do that until you don't, until you can't. They keep pushing you. Yep. Because the feeling you get from being bullied your whole life is almost the same as being beat up constantly. Oh, it's, there is no difference
0: mental cuts. man. Yeah,
2: the, mm. the biggest problem is, is that mentally you're, you're not allowing yourself to stick up for yourself. And as parents and teachers, we do that to them. We break their will. <clears throat> we're doing that. We're breaking their will. Cause we're not allowing them to stick up for themselves yep. personally. Cause we're not, we can't see everything at all times. Like stop bullying him. Well then you just know you're not sticking, you're not sticking up for himself. You are. And that's the way it's supposed to be in the beginning. But if you keep on, you need to stand up for yourself. And the minute you do that, everything changes. In school especially, I mean, you guys aren't... They can't solve problems with their hands, so they go and get those burners, you know, and they blow somebody away or they stab them or something like that. They take it to... That's how—that's what bullying does. It pushes you to a point to where you don't think you can survive unless you kill that person. And that's wrong. I mean, every fight I ever got into when, in, in high school, most of them I'm best friends with now. Or there's a mutual respect, like, just don't mess with me anymore because I'm not going to take that. And it's not... It, and you know, a busted lip or a busted face heals up real a lot faster than a bullet wound. Man, look at look at those kids who who get bullied all their life and never stand up for themselves. Man, they just walk. They they wind up living a life of in the shadows. Really, Just scared of everything. Because <clears throat> if you're it has scared of a
0: long lasting effect, if you're for scared sure. of
2: humans, which is what we interact with on a daily basis, I mean, you got to be terrified of everything else.
0: Well, I think your point is there. You have to come to a certain realization of of the magnitude of how. Paralyzing your fear can become, right? At some point, you have to process this, whatever it might be, whether it's feeling bullied, actually the literal bullying in, in school, whether it's feeling bullied uh, by your boss, whether it's feeling bullied in a relationship. At some point, you have to cultivate an understanding of your fear to where you can engage to live a healthy, self-confident life to where you aren't
2: at a disadvantage. Yeah, most of the kids, in high, the bullies, man, they're getting it. They're getting bullied at home. Well, something else well, is coming down on there, them. There's, a woman
0: of, there's actually a woman, because I, I just finished writing my third kid's book, which is a bully book that I haven't released yet, and there's a woman out of UCLA who's been studying bullying for the past 15 years. And bullying happens in basically the major... Uh, the cases of bullying that are told, which is only 30% or so, happen from about th- third grade to the beginning of sixth grade. It's this huge arc, and then moving into middle school, it falls way off and almost non-existent into uh, high school nowadays. So it's that window. And what she's done is gone in and break down that space in a way where trying to understand the psychology of that chi- those child development years. And what she's found is that not it's not the kids that are getting hammered at home. It's not the underprivileged kids. It's not that. It's the kids that are maintained as the social hierarchy is trying to settle in. Kids who are looking for power in that social hierarchy are actually intentionally bullying to drive their status up. In their sphere of influence, it's a skill development. Yes, yeah, it's not necessarily it's the bad. It's kid. an evolution
2: well, skill development. Boys turn in. It's a dominance thing. Yes, and girls. Girls are worse
0: nowadays with the 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 texting and the bullying online and through social media and and pulling friends away and manipulate. They do it in a, a manipulative way that's even more psychologically devastating than the boys because the physical aspect of it. There's a a, a there's 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 a proximity that gives you reference, and it's like Tony was saying when 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 fear comes greater distance and your perspective isn't immediate. That cognitive dissonance he talked about, you really it, it it's much more difficult to comprehend the start and end of that bullying. And when it hits that spectrum, oh, that it's out space, there forever. yes, <clears throat> yes, that's why proximity is so critical.
3: I was just thinking, and I, I never considered this before, what is the ramifications of a generation where you strip out that natural conflict and competition in that evolutionary development right there? So you suppress those kids looking to develop their skills in social dominance, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, you have the kids who are would be weaker and otherwise would have to fight against that conflict, stand up for themselves, developing valuable you know a, a, a valuable skill set in itself well they won't have to deal with that because you've suppressed the quote-unquote bullies so now they never have to compensate what is the ramifications on a broad scale for a generation who doesn't have to who doesn't have that de- development
2: well we're seeing that it. could Damn be massive we're well, are we seeing that it could we're be massive it. No, they, can't handle, they can't handle can't being talked at the wrong way. If somebody gets elected president, they wasn't supposed to. Just, they just have to have counselors for everything. <laughs> is that a hypothetical? They, no, this is going on. It's happening. Everyone gets a trophy. There's you can't, snowflakes. You just can't do, they can't do anything. Safety space. They, get, they freeze. Yeah, getting conquered by another civilization. And then you can't, you can't talk to them and tell them ex- what's not, going on. I'm because not
3: even joking. I'm, not, I mean, I'm really I, I not joking. I know you're not joking. Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk about the broad-based effect of this. Does this mean that if the Western world does not allow their children to go through this development developmental period, are they going to be conquered by those outside of that, those children who did learn to conquer others? Yeah.
0: Well, hold what, on. What... You, you, what, what. And you got to If if we're going to if we're going to have this discussion and you got to recognize the truth of the statistics. Let's go back to what Dave Grossman was saying. Violence is on the rise. Look at Chicago. Violence is on the rise in the Southwest. Violence is on the rise in a lot of these places where their job, you know, thankfully jobs are coming back. So hopefully that violence will 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 subside. But. It, culturally it's violence is still a very much a part of our society it is all right so we want to project this instance that all public school systems that all parents that are out there are turning every child into a snowflake the statistics aren't showing that what we're we're making it a problem because what we're seeing is you have this massive amount of of kids that are in their 20s living at home with debt can't find a job because they can't face, you know, that hardship of having, you know, being constructively criticized in a way they're not used to. So, but be careful because we still have violence. We still have conflict. We still have confrontation. It's very much a part of our society. So I I hear what you're saying, but I look back, To the history of America and think about the culture of conflict and its role it plays. In the future, 200, 400, 500 years down the road, perhaps, but right now I'm not worried about it. There's enough conflict going on where if something goes down people will roger up to support. And look at it like
2: this. Every CEO, every person who's a power or kind of a dominance on the football field, they stick up for themselves. They don't get picked on. They learned how to fight, right? And everybody looks at them and is like, I want to be like that guy. You're not going to be able to get walked on your entire life and be the and become, become somebody of importance or of power. That's just not the way it, it works, all right? True. You're the guy who has to actually learn how to fight, take the hits, push forward, and claw your way to the top. And then when they get there, everybody who doesn't learn how to fight and gets bullied, they're like, oh, I look up to that guy so much, I like to be just like him, but I don't want to have to go through all that, and that's why you're suffering. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the deals, what do you want to do? You want to sit here and bitch about it your whole life and then, uh, hope that you get there or you want to do it just like this Dad, and and, and to tell yourself that life is going to be hard. And I got to learn how to defend myself. I can't let people walk all over me. I got to know that each person sitting across from me is just like me. They don't have any special gifts that I don't have. And they probably had to go through more stuff than I can even comprehend in my mind. And they don't even bitch about it because it's the confidence you have by facing your fears every single day. And they're going to be there every single day. You can't just It's got like these these martial artists who think they can throw their chi and knock somebody out (laughs) fifty yards from the dam. That's all well and good, man. But when the distance gets closer and you're actually going to have to stand in front of that guy, man, you better come up with something else.
0: You better be trained.
2: Better be trained. Well,
0: that's a lot, and I hope you took something positive from it. All the listeners that are out there, if this is your first time. We really appreciate you being a part of the show. If you're a repeat listener, thank you so much. Um, Don't be afraid to go out there and and check us out on our website at tnqpodcast.com. If you're super fired up and you're you're feeling froggy, go ahead and write in a listener story. Um, Because that's really the meat and potatoes of what our accomplishment and what, what our mission is, is to help inspire you. Thank you so much. I want to thank God for helping me. I want to thank my kids. I want to thank my family, my friends. I want to thank Tony for coming on here and dropping your incredible knowledge. I want to thank all the the listeners we have out there for just coming back for more. And I want to thank the,
2: the two of you, gents. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Cowboy Dave's in the house. Want yeah. to say thanks for coming in. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, Tony, that was great, man. It was finally it was amazing to get a face to face with you and see that. And this, this was an in depth conversation about fear, basically going on forever. Thanks, to everybody. Keep coming back and listening to us and giving us the opportunity to do this, man. It's an amazing thing. We're out.
0: Out.